Hey everybody, I'm Jody Vance. And I'm George Affleck. And it's time for... This is the winter of our discontent. Unspun. Is this where we start complaining about the rain? Uh, uh, I just feel like, you know, we were talking before the show too about other stuff. What a year this has been. Your year personally. Oh, dude. You've talked a bit about it with family and sadness and all that stuff. And, you know, if you're in business right now out there, it's not fun. It's not fun. Safe to say we're not, year. we're not buying the t-shirt for this one, George. No, we thought 2019 was bad. And uh, remember that when we were all going, oh, I can't wait for this year to be over. Now I look back at 2019 and go, what a wonderful year. It's so bizarre, isn't it? Just and 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 we're looking around with another level of of concern and angst and nervousness. And I don't know if you're doing this, mm -hmm. but I'm definitely checking in on my Jewish friends. My very, very, very best girlfriend, my power of attorney, the godmother of my child, is a is a Jewish mother, and I I'm checking in with her, you know, a couple times, three times a week. Just, just to say, are you okay? Because yeah. this is just, it's unbelievable. And then you look around and it's not just, you know, the anti-Semitism isn't just coming from the supremacists. It's coming from leftist, High um, educated. Hi yeah. higher, higher learning. Like what the hell, Natalie Knight? What the hell? Yeah, I mean, hate speech, right? Uh, there's a fine, well, not else there's a fine line. There's a line between free speech, which we have the honor of doing this podcast every week uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a society where we're permitted to say whatever we want, right? right. But when you start spouting hate and, and, and are talking crazy uh, about horrible, horrible crimes. For those who like, missed oh, it, this woman at a rally to, to uh, the Vancouver Art Gallery steps. You should go online and find the clip. And she's been given quite the prestigious award from SFU. She has now been put on leave from Langara or Quantlin. What What is it? Is it? I, I, I think it was Langara. Yeah. I think it was Langara. Yeah. Sorry, Quantlin. It was Langara. Um, but ba not basically. She said, here's my paraphrase because I don't have the quote in front of me. I celebrate the attack by Hamas. Mm -hmm. uh, like raping innocent women to death. Yeah. And beheading children or pulling a baby out of a mother's womb. I mean, what, what is this? You can, it's, it's mad. And you can argue the decision by, and, and, the, and, the, and the aggressive now uh, move by Israel to, into, into the Gaza. Gaza you know, you yeah. can argue about their approach and say, maybe that's too harsh. Maybe they've gone, you know, is this the right way to go? That's an argument of war and conversations about that and revenge and all those things. But to actually celebrate what happened is madness. It's madness. You can't, you can't. That is not how we operate as human beings. Yeah. Uh, it's not cool. And, uh, it's, not, it's, and I, not okay. and it's not just her. It's, it's, you're seeing a lot of this and especially this anti-Semitic. It, it's, it's just, it just shows you how quickly things can change, you know? And and when you look at what happened in Germany in the 30s and you look, you know, people are always looking for scapegoats. They're looking for ways to push their anger or their blame or whatever. And uh, sadly, for many hundreds of years, uh, the Jewish people have been uh, a big central focus of that. And it's um, 
it's just not on to do something to say those kinds of things um you can argue and and have a problem with the israel's decision to go into and how they're doing totally. it totally and not, the government of israel the by the way like prior to this happening i i heard somebody say just a couple of days ago when when people were saying calling for a ceasefire ceasefire there was a ceasefire on october 6th they were under a ceasefire hamas broke that and and then israel has a responsibility and a right to defend itself against a terrorist organization that's that's the stance and then israel being a a, a partner of the western world right as much as by the way not going to not going to let it slide that Benjamin Netanyahu is a hundred percent one of the worst of the worst when it comes to the things that he's been trying to do over the last couple of years. Like this is not about parsing out whether you know Israel stands the the government of Israel stands atop a mountain in a shining you know suit of armor. Like Bibi Netanyahu was not invited to the White House when he last visited the United States because of the the broken nature of the relationship um, because he is going down the path of trying to get rid of the courts and the justice system in Israel and and trying to, you know, do away with elections and and kind of twist that democracy into something more of a dictatorship. Like that's a whole other conversation because once you start slaughtering innocent babies, children and and raping women, the world has to stand up against that terror because it's like they say all in the history books, they come for them and then they come for you. So yep. you have to protect, protect democracy and the people that I want to reach of, of anything, because I certainly don't know enough about this, but the LGBTQ2 plus people that are marching with signs that say free Palestine, it's like, do you, you do understand, <laughs> do you, do, do you yeah. understand that you would be killed or jailed just for being gay in Or Gaza? frankly, for saying anything. If against the right. government and those Israel has a very similar democratic structure as we do that we yeah. uh, are lucky enough to have and uh, the Gaza and the Palestine they do not and yeah. they do not like free speech. So, yeah. you know, um, anyways, we, we got a, it's like well, a, lot to get a, mine, to. It's a minefield. It. It's a minefield. Yeah, bring it back here. Let's just we had our that, little, uh, yeah. yeah, it's it, like, let's just get, keep things in perspective, everyone. Come on. Yeah. And try and be kind to one another. You know, if if you want to protest, don't protest by attacking the other. Protest yeah, by... I tweeted that this making, morning, uh, that yeah. Harvard student surrounding the one Jewish guy. I mean, what is going on? That's Seriously. harassment. That is assault. That is that is criminal. It should be. Yeah. It's not, but it, it should be. Um, but let's talk about some of the politics here at home. Unspun yes. podcast is always about t- taking the spin out of the news cycle and trying to look at things, you know, for what they are. So George, when you, uh, heard the province announce mm. again that they were going to change zoning, um, <laughs> well, what, it's housing, it's urgent. It's urgent. It's urgent. It's a climate emergency. Um, yeah, this is a uh, next level for the province to usurp or uh, undermine or whatever word you want to use, uh, override uh, municipal, the municipal charter and potentially the Vancouver right. charter. Um, Can they override the Vancouver lines, charter? Well, yeah, they can. Of course, they they okay, have control just of the charters. Yep, they have control of both. It's just unique that Vancouver has its own charter. It's just a unique yeah. situation, but it's very yeah. quite often the Vancouver charter does things first and then the municipal charter follows it. 
right. as far as rules and regulations. They most of what they've described in this decision by the province, which is basically to allow city, you know, to build lots of density everywhere. <laughs> it's to really simplify it. If you, you know, right. it's it's um it's like your single family home now you can turn into a fourplex. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. You still got to go through the city's planning process, which is permitting usually still gonna cost more you. than anything. Yeah. yeah. But in uh, Vancouver, they've already kind of just similarly done that just in September where they kind of approved something similar. Um, but I guess in more from a, a governmental control situation. And actually, Sam Sullivan had a lot of things to say about this way back. He talked a lot about the public hearing process being broken. And this is kind of feeds into that a little bit in that the public hearing process is broken. Yeah. You know, you you go through these planning processes, you rezone a neighborhood, and then you still have to go through a public hearing. Why? Why? We've already approved the basic concept of this neighborhood. Why do it just get a committee and decide it? Like, why is it going through politicians again, who, of course, are always influenced by the people that show up at a public hearing? They're louder and more obnoxious. And then your decision process, if you're not uh, thinking holistically, which you're supposed to do as a politician, um, you're afraid of bad PR or whatever, you suddenly will sway over and make a decision that is like counter to what the whole point was because of some loud people. Uh, but not so to mention decision... that, that oftentimes in the in the interim between uh, the process being completed and approval being found and the bringing it back for the hearing process, the people in power or the the elected officials in the middle might have turned over and might have a completely different yeah. and mandate and then be like we're mm -hmm. not we were brought in to blow this up either way either way blowing up i should be very careful with my words i should not have said that you know what i mean putting shelving like what's happening with little mountain yeah I know, and and of course, and little yeah, it's a perfect example in a, in a, in a well, in a planning nightmare yeah, yeah. come true, and and yeah. neighborhoods influence uh, because a lot you know the the whole the the province's decision really impacts the only people that are really mad are the not in my backyard people, and yeah. up in Little Mountain, which is this neighborhood, this this block, just kind of a big chunk of land that was bought very cheaply from the province. 20 years ago, 15 yeah. years ago, it's a long time ago. 15 it years, it's been sitting empty waiting for development. They yeah. tore down the public housing that was there 15 years ago. Yeah, we did build some. When I was in council, we fast-tracked some uh, that replaced that housing, um, but with a promise that the rest of it would be built by 2024. Uh, I, what's the time? How <laughs> much get two months? So the, you know, the decision by council this week is to fast-track it even more. Okay, uh, I am skeptical here as per usual about this. And I feel like I kind of, this developer I don't think has, he's the same developer that did the Trump Tower and that whole uh, process. Uh, that building, by the way, is jinxed. That, you know, remember the Trump, before it was a Trump Tower, it was a half-built building forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he, the whole Holborn built it uh, and uh, it became the Trump Tower, which was great. And then... Um, and no, then, I've never so said he let this other property sit sit because I think you know whatever for whatever financial reasons um, he couldn't find didn't couldn't do the math on it or whatever um, because we've we zoned it when I was there we've given a significant amount of density it can be built there and a money making density there is a, a, a specific commitment to a percentage of true social housing that has to be done there that was a big deal when I was on council that we made that decision. Yeah. Uh, similar to Oak Ridge's decision, uh, which is also very committed to true social housing. Uh, and so, but part of that deal was that he, he, the, the developer had to 
be a part of that process. And anyway, so we're sitting here in limbo now. I voted on that when I was in council, yeah, 2013, maybe 12, 13. So that's 10 years ago. 10, 11 years and ago. we're still that's sitting ridiculous. here with it empty. And um, we have and, too much government. Yeah. Well, and yeah. it's just, or, or when, when do you have to say to a developer and can you say to a developer, you have to build this now? You, you can't. That's not how market economy market. works. He yeah. owns the property. He yeah. gets, he can pay whatever fine he has to pay for sitting empty. But, but then, you know what? Yeah. And that's the thing though, because, but the breaks that were given because the negotiation to involve much needed affordable housing, those breaks then go away. Like there has to be yeah. some consequence because Good that point. loophole is being used and the sitting on it is being, it's like putting community gardens on top of gas stations yeah. while they wait for it to be purified. That's provincial okay. regulation. Oh, look, I got oh, balloons my. again. What the hell is happening? <laughs> for those who aren't watching, Jody has something on her, on Camera. her uh, Zoom uh, preferences, I think, that are making weird things happen. Like If I put a thumbs up. Thumbs up. Well, now nope. it won't work. And then I. <laughs> the balloons, what the? Weird. Is it my words? That's that yes, so bizarre. Said, anyway. Happy. Um, anyway, so yes, I'm, I think I'm you're certainly right. you're not right. happy. It's a very good point. But they've done the opposite in council. They've done the opposite. Yeah. They've given, they're rewarding the developer even more. I, so it's confusing. It's, I can see what they're angry about it. I can see that. Yeah. Well, you want to know something I'm angry about? And no, this time it's not going to be Kit's pool again. Um, it's about another pool and another community center. And one that I think might be the most important in Vancouver mm -hmm. as somebody who grew up literally in it because my dad was, uh, the head of the PE department at Britannia for 30 plus years, right. the Britannia community center. I remember when it was built, I was just little, um, when it was built and, but what a meeting place for, you know, uh, you know, Strathcona meets the downtown east side meets Chinatown. Like it's, it's, it's in the, it meets commercial it, drive. Maybe describe Pardon? it. If those who haven't been to Britannia Community Center, maybe describe it, it how it looks, because it's actually quite unique. It is, it mm -hmm. is really, it, it kind of looks a little Frank Lloyd Wright-ish when from the commercial drive side of things, it looks like a rancher. Um, when you come in from the school side, it looks, you know, like a, a quality built um gym and swimming pool and then you turn the corner and you're like oh my god there's an ice rink there you know it's where my dad was was putting cliff ronning through workouts when everybody was telling cliff ronning that he was too little and he couldn't make the nhl and my dad's like i'll show them little you know and as a teacher he's like i'll run those drills so funny oh my gosh where i won all my award of excellences and the participation um was oh. all the swimming and whatnot um at the Britannia uh, community center pool. It was a mm -hmm. great pool. And, and we'd go up to the gym where weight rooms were like few and far between where it was really quite state of the art at the time when it opened and certainly not something that, um, that high schools in Vancouver enjoyed. Um, so having it right next to Brit, which it, you know, is one of the largest schools in, in Vancouver. Um, and, and like I said, is so, pivotal as a pillar of multiple communities um yep. you know and it's, now the community center was supposed to be completely rebuilt um and thing, now the whole thing everything the whole yeah. thing but that no but now the pool and the ice rink um needing to be fixed because 
Brit was supposed to, it was supposed to already be almost mm-hmm. completed, I think, and it hasn't even started. And the community center side, because the pool and the rink came after the community center piece was built. So it's like, it kind of grew like Lego and it was supposed to be repaired like Lego. And now the want is to, do- let's not do anything until we can do everything, which means we do nothing. And it's just awful. And communities need that place to go. These are people all through Vancouver, but this intersection of of society in particular are people who don't have a lot of room to move around in the places that they live. They don't have backyards. They don't have friends next door with a swimming pool. You know, there's so many of us that are so entitled and privileged in this city. And then there are so many people who live with less. And this community center is a crossroad of uh, where people who are, are living their best lives with less can go and be together and, and, yeah, and having, enjoy it. Yeah. It's yeah, cause I lived over on Coast Drive for when my daughter's first four years of her life. And we, so I remember when, so I took a paternity leave for a little bit, uh, and got to, it had everything, right. You go to the pool, you go to the, you go to the, there's a kid's drop-in thing that I go with other parents. Yeah. It's got, and you so don't great. even notice it. You don't even notice no. it. It's got, it's got tennis courts. It's got a, a soccer field. Everything. It's got everything. It's really micro. And so Outdoor the plan volleyball. that we put, yeah, it's got it's got everything, and 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 then a little playground that was redone a couple of years ago, so it's it's hard to replace, to change, and to rebuild because it's so everything's connected. The school is massive; it's just kind of in the middle of it. Um, so yeah, now they're looking at cutting a bunch of stuff out of the plan that we approved when I was there, um, and uh, you know, I, I still it's like, what is the holdup here? Why are what these the things that up? I approved when I was on council twelve years ago? Yeah, you know. Still, you know, not getting done. That one is probably seven years ago. I think maybe eight years ago that we approved it. Uh, it's just like, come on, like, what come is on. the problem here? And, when and people, part of it when is, people the, is use... I think it's earthquake proof, right? That's one of the other issues. Yeah. So school has got to yeah. be earthquake yeah. fixed. Has to be yeah. seismically. Um, but when people start talking about, oh, we can't do that because you know it's it's all attached. Look at Oak Ridge. You tell me that you can keep Oak Ridge Mall open and build all of that around it, but you can't fix the community center, please. Yeah. Where there's a will there's a way. And the will has always been there to keep that community center thriving. It's like the will about the pool when they told us, oh, you know what? Kids pool is not going to be repaired for two years. We're not going to be able to open this year. Mm -hmm. Well, once there was some significant backlash, funny, oh, it's not as broken as we thought. Weird. Your your son's at Kits, right? My kids went to Kits. They went there through, my daughter was there the entire time it was being constructed. Kits High, uh, Kits Final Secondary. It's like, it was rebuilt while the students were there they just kind of phased them around they kind of just moved them in clumps as they changed the phase and in that case they were actually keeping the facade of the building really um but they found a way to make it work and the students didn't seem to care um and it just That's took happening a little longer all over vancouver yeah. general gordon was seismically upgraded bayview elementary was upgraded they they can move kids around and do the things to get it done and th- to say that you can't is garbage it's spin <laughs> is what it is. It's spin, George Affleck. It is spin. The right, the right um, to use I get to, do you want to get to a couple of other things here? Um, what were we going to talk about? We were talking, wanted to talk about, uh, we talked about well, housing, the Britannia. Be- the beach to plan. And I think the other. Let's the talk other about that beach plan. Because again, yeah. how are we talking about 
that <laughs> when we can't get anything else already done? Like, how about we do some stuff before we start the next massive project to raise the beach and move the thing and re reclaim the sand? I want all of that. Don't this is the wrong. pool we were talking about specifically or the whole beach, like the moving. Oh, the... I meant English Bay, like the whole refurbishing right. of yeah. and the reclaiming and it's truth and reconciliation and it's, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, it's erosion it's... and it's plant. I get it. I get it. But mm -hmm. you know what? I want to hit pause on all of these big wish list things until we check off some of the major boxes. Like, I don't know, finding places for people to live, f making a way so I, so I can swim at my local pool without going online yes. a month in advance and booking a 40 minute window. Yeah. Pardon? Marpool, the, the community center there was supposed to have a pool. Now that's not being yeah. built. Uh, the Fraser, the, um, uh, the, um, river district, where's that community yeah. center that's supposed to be built? Where's There's the many... school in, in Olympic village, Olympic village. Where's the school in Olympic village? Good point. Like when the community center is needs to expanding in up in anyways, there's multiple youth and, and people have to, the park board has all the money. It's, it's through the CACs. In fact, they, we, the city council took hundred million dollars away from park board because they weren't spending it. Of the capital money that's set aside through development cost, uh, development levies and and cost levies, um, through development, and all this cash is just sitting there, and park boards not doing anything with it because they're so pathetic for so long. They don't do anything. They don't build anything. weren't they, they frozen? W weren't they like frozen with fear during the pandemic because they lost all the parking revenue or something? Because yeah, didn't they cry? But that's broke? different bucket. Oh, capital operating. Buckets. They got capital cash sitting there, Buckets. ready to build, ready to spend, and they're not using it. And so city council, who has the power to do this, says, okay, if you're not going to use it, we'll take it. $150 million we extracted from their capital because uh, they weren't using it when we were in council. And uh, I voted against it but uh, because I said, hey, 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 that's not our, that's them. And then, of course, where did that money go? We don't know. Um, housing? Sure. Right. Um, where? So, yeah. you know. That capital no. money was meant to be for parks, which and we've talked about this a lot. The whole point of community amenity contributions and community centers and pools and parks is, is meant to be in a place. And if you live in Vancouver, you know this. And if you live anywhere, you should think about this. Is that as the more dense the neighborhood, and COVID was the perfect sh proof of this, you need space to go to in your community outside yeah. of your actual home. Because if your home is a 400 square foot apartment on the 35th floor of a tower. Sure, you might have a nice view, uh, but you don't have any space. And so you need the pools, you need parks, you need all this stuff. And if we don't an build indoor those running things, track and we don't improve or a, those things, yeah, then yeah. you go crazy, literally. Apart. You literally yeah. go crazy. And so we're not doing it in Vancouver. We have not built a community center since the Olympics. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's so frustrating, George. I, I feel like, I mean, how many hundreds of podcasts are we in? And every week we're banging our heads against the wall on the bureaucracy, red tape, reasons why we can't, studies that are coming through. One of the first, Ugh. one of the first conversations that you and I ever had was about why can't we're already drinking out of our solo cups at the beach? Come on. Why yeah. why can't that just be no, a we're thing? Still, <laughs> still talking you know? about it. We're still talking yeah. about it, mm -hmm. I, but oh, if it serves the fill in the blank event that's happening, then it's no problem. What, you know, I mean, responsible adults at the beach, no, 
irresponsible yeah. young people on the Granville Strip. Sure. I mean, because there's no way but to police that. That's but that's what I mean. There's no way to drinking. police but but a bunch of people sitting on a blanket at the beach roll up in your little, you know, four wheeling and they, yeah, I'm going to need to look in that cooler there, young lady. I'm like, Ugh. yeah, I got some Strongbow in there. Okay. That'll be $230. Okay. I but can see how I'm disturbing the piece here, but that guy over there smoking a joint who yeah. should be, who should be fined $2,000 uh -huh. for, or the one over there smoking a cigarette should be fined $2,000. you are not even going up to them because by the time you get there, they've put it out. So what they should be doing is shrooms. Oh, Jesus. Let's get talking about the shroom dispensary. I have, I don't know. Segue for you. <laughs> Thank you. So when the when the when the pot dispensaries were oh, cropping you got, up, you got balloons. It's when I do this, okay? What is it? This. How do I, I do know. it? When you the pot dispensaries, it. I'm glad I don't know. I I I'm going to need to figure this out. This will be very awkward in a in a news hit. Um, <laughs> but when the pot dispensaries were popping up everywhere, I think at one point the illegal dispensary number in my neighborhood was 14. Yeah, there's a lot. And we have two elementary schools. In the city. It was a lot. It was a lot. And I was like, why? Why? I mean, okay. It's not like I'm anti-pot, but, and most of them had 17-year-olds behind the counter, because, um, which I was like, oh, that's not great. Um, now, most of those, so I mean, most of those have been closed. And then there are a couple of licensed cannabis shops that are fine. Thank God their windows are frosted or we'd all die. They um, seem to stop that now, though. The one underneath they... my house is wide open. The windows are just, you can see everything. Oh, uh, and it's, and I it's haven't noticed. Goes to show to how school. much I shop there. I yeah, don't. I, I have never been in there. Um, no. But the shrooms, thing, I, yeah, and I think, and I'm trying to remember back, because it was so long ago now. Um, back the, in the old days. We, we, you know, we made a conscious decision, council, that I was on to just let it ride. And then we created a whole system, which I had a problem with. I said, okay, so I don't mind us turning a blind eye while we, as rebels, but I worried about the, the legal ramifications at the time of us making this official. I said, right. uh, you know, there's a difference between, because, you know, how do you police something that's illegal that at that time it wasn't, this is pre-Trudeau uh, and legalization of marijuana. Yeah. And I said, you're putting the city in a precarious situation by making this official uh, and I worried about that. That was my argument against official. Making, I said, you can turn a blind eye and police can just know that it's like whatever. But, you know, it's, it's, um, oh, my phone's ringing. I, I, hold on two seconds. I got to turn Okay. Ringing. Phone's ringing. While George is answering his phone, I'm going to look and figure out <laughs> how. I don't know why. It's a phone that doesn't, nobody's supposed to call. Um, uh, and it's spam, of course. It's spam on it. So, yeah, we, it we, we allow these things. Then, and then the, and then the Trudeau go in and legalize it. And then we created, then we created a real system and now narrowed it down to, I don't know how many there are in the city. And apparently none of them are making money anymore yet. When there are 150 of them, they're all making money. I'm so confused by this, whatever. That's what happens when government gets involved. Um, but now you were saying to me, and I, this was the mushrooms, uh, the guy, this, this is popped up, which is something interesting. The police, the police raided a number of these mushroom dispensaries. You might've seen that the, the mushroom dispensaries, um, that have been, popping up everywhere you know some are like microdose here or welcome hey, do you know right. like really similar to the cannabis and the conversations about uh psilocybin and how there might be some uh, great arguments for clinical use uh helping people with depression under controlled environments we 
are born and raised in the corner of the planet where magic mushrooms grow in the field near our house. Like kids I, I back in the day with the lines, wet pants. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah I that's with why the wet power pants. lines exist because all the mushrooms 100%. underneath the power lines out in Langley. You know, so like, oh, totally. Or on the turf, the rolled yeah. up turf that you would, because that's the, right. it's the manure that they would put on. So anybody who had a new garden, I mean, I remember, I remember all the kids at school would go and they'd look for them and, you know, and they'd make tea or they'd I don't know what you're eat, talking just about. eat them. Yeah. I wasn't into it. Uh, I got to say, and not because I'm square. I just didn't like the, the idea of going on a trip. Um, but I know lots of people who love them and, um, yeah. So, I, I mean, you do you boo is kind of the feeling <laughs> just be safe about it. It's certainly not going to be laced with fentanyl if it's right over there. Um, there's a way to, I think, use a controlled substance. Um, but I don't know that storefronts that are selling them are necessarily the answer. But if you ask Dana Larson, the king of pot, uh, he will tell you that it is his God-given right to sell whatever he wants, wherever he wants, and whenever he wants to do it. And he got busted. Three of his dispensaries, mushroom dispensaries, were busted yesterday. Well, I believe, and, by and Vancouver. Vancouver is the is the center for uh, how what's a term? I mean, progressive uh, decision making when it comes to these kinds of things, marijuana yep. being, you know, and, you know pot. You know, the yep. Prince of Pot being from here and Dana Larson, yep. both of them interesting people. Um, let's put it that way. Um, but, you know, uh, yeah, as a result Mark, of what's his name? Mark, Mark Mar Mar not Mary Maris. No. <laughs> Oops. Guardian uh, slip. The, the, Mark, Mark. No, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, now you've got me told this is so bad. It'll come to us. Somebody will tweet at us. Um, yeah. But the, the, the that it's kind been a of while rebellious, since he yelled at me. <laughs> rebellious policy driven like it created policies that we then became the leaders of the country that led to uh i think showing that it's not end of the world why we can't do it with for wine on the beach back to your earlier point i don't know but um well we're so equal this, parts this nanny state as we are progressive right yeah, it's weird we like we're like wine Ooh, no wine can't sell stores. mushrooms no, 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 over no, no, here no. but you can go down there the street over there and for sure buy heroin yeah like see this is no problem or yeah. whatever horrible substance that, you know, Dana Larson has made it clear that he's very cautious about what gets sold. And by the way, Canada right. is internationally renowned right now as uh, there are several public companies that are are playing around in this space of uh, hallucinogenic medication. Totally. Uh, the, I know. The, I, I personally know professionals yeah. who have undergone supervised psilocybin treatment for depression and have come out the other side feeling unbelievably well and one friend of mine actually um acquaintance one friend who has struggled with alcohol addiction um ongoing had this treatment came out and has not had a drink nor a craving for a drink since because it apparently rewires something that's right um, quickly yeah very quickly like it's creates it's, new uh, synapses i believe was the way it was said so right. i mean there's an argument about CBD and THC and using it for pain mm -hmm. relief instead of using opioids. It's like, who wants it there? Who doesn't want it there? What's the politics behind it? What's the spin on it? Oh, it's deadly. It's going to, but in the wrong hands and used by, you know, young people who don't understand it. I mean, what does that all have to do? And I, I just ugh. think your point, your point about the, is this the way what we should be focusing on for the police? Dana Larson's little mushroom shop on Seymour street, or should it be, dealing with the creeps that are hanging around schools uh, selling shit to kids that are killing them and uh, yeah. construction workers who are looking for pain medication because they can't get 
Those are the people we need to be figuring out and dealing with. Those are the, yeah. that's our problem. Hey, police, let's put your focus, instead of coming and getting in your four-wheel vehicle on Kitts Beach and giving me a fine for 60 bucks for having a bottle of wine on a Sunday afternoon, uh, or sunset. going to, no offense to Vancouver police, but you know, these priorities come from somewhere. And, and, yeah. and you know, I think council could have a say in this, but I'm not, you know, this nanny state on the wrong things, as you said, and folk, you know, come on, I think we can look around, just walk down Seymour Street where I live any time of the day, and you will see about 10 things you could arrest and yeah. police, uh, including where kids play, where there's drug deals and drug consumption happening literally yeah. on the playground that these kids are playing at the busiest playground, probably by square foot in probably Canada at the corner of Davy and, and, you know, Richards and Seymour there right across the street from, uh, you know, injection site. Uh, you know, it's, it's like, where are the priorities here? It's, well, it's it, kind of, it comes oh. back to the revolving door piece as well. Cause you know, the, the cops can walk by there and be like, Oh yeah, well there's Jim selling his stuff again. You know, arrested Jim for that. And then Jim goes in and he gets, you know, processed. And then it goes to the crown. The crown's like, yeah, you know, Jim's just a, yeah, we're, we're just going to let Jim go on bail. He'll come and show up for his court hearing. No, he didn't. Okay, okay. moving on. Oh, there's Jim again. And it's like the definition oh, of insanity. Only 10 people died because of him. The Is it, where was it? The, if in, you're in, lucky. In San Francisco, they've announced, you know, they're doing charging dealers with murder now yeah so if you are a dealer and you sell your crappy lace, tainted fentanyl lace yeah. tainted yeah. you know heroin or cocaine and it kills the person you sold it to you are going to up on murder charges yeah yes correct Good. correct decision exactly yeah. so little jimbo there who's selling his crack or his yeah you know heroin which is laced with fentanyl and he kills 15 10, who knows how many people this person's killing this yeah. imaginary Jim that you mentioned. I was just going to say, can we make sure that everybody understands that there's nobody named Jim there? <laughs> named and if Jim. there is, it's totally by fluke. I just came up yes. with that. One more thing I want to add to this, though, as well, the uh, news this week that um, there's a move away from the drunk tank now. Oh yeah. Did you hear about this? No. Instead of arresting people for being drunk and disorderly and putting them in jail for be for being drunk and disorderly, um, they're, they're looking for a new place to, to put people where they can get help as opposed to be punished for being drunk and disorderly. I remember that the threat of going to jail for being drunk in public and inappropriate in public kept people from being that. Like where the new place though. What, what, Matt, but that, what that's place? just it. Like, what are they going to build? Are they going to build a spot for yeah. people to go? And then do they just sleep it off there and, and get a little, you know, shower and, and, and a hot meal and then go back and do it again? Like, I don't know. It's uh, well, we see what happened back in the nineties and when they shut down all the institutions, right? Yeah. What was the solution for that? Well, Nothing. that's just one of the things that I was thinking is maybe this is a slow walk back to that. To being identified, to identifying the people that are uh, chronically and cyclically, cyclically um, overindulging in whatever their um, substance of choice might be, and that they might be able to find a way to use this as an opportunity to actually get people into some semblance of care. I don't know. I just continuing to do what we've been doing and hoping that it changes is just not. I think there's a definition for that insanity yes 
we're insane enough to do unspun podcast every single Thursday. Uh, <laughs> if you'd like to drop, <laughs> drop a like or a comment below, uh, you can go to unspunpodcast.com. We did the and whole subscribe. world this, this week, the whole world we did. We did controversial <laughs> opinions to be had as we try and just take off the veneer of spin and just talk things through at our little kitchen table. George Affleck, you can be find uh, found on social media. <laughs> George underscore Affleck at George underscore Affleck. I'm at Jody Vance, Jody with a Y on uh, Twitter and Instagram and all that. And I just think you should follow Curve Communications on TikTok because it's hilarious. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.